Welcome, movie trivia fans, to Talkin' Schmodown, episode 24. No, I am not Jack Bauer. I am, in fact, Josh the Merc Rainer, editor-in-chief of Merc with a Movie blog, and I am here to delve into the week of the Schmodown. Uh, this was a great week. It was the week of the machine. Janine the machine, she was all over everything this, this week. So we had her on Inside Schmodown. She had a tag team match. She had a singles match. This was her week so let's dive into it and be sure to stick around for a little tease uh, of my interview with Janine the Machine uh, of which you can check out uh, the full audio uh, on the podcast network and on YouTube as well and let's get ready to talk schmodown All right, everybody. I am excited, and I hope you are too. Uh, we're gonna get into the sh- week of that of the Schmodown in just a, a minute here. Uh, there was a piece of news that I wanted to cover first. Uh, there was some big news that was announced recently that a number one contender match for the team titles would be happening soon, and the two teams have officially been announced. We will be getting the rematch of Corruption and the Founding Fathers. Corruption will once again. Face off against Dan Merle and John Roca, the founding fathers, for the chance at Tag Team Gold. Can Roca become another tag team champ? Will Dan Merle become a double champ? Or will corruption reign supreme? I guess you'll have to wait and find out on that one. But you won't have to wait too long as those matches are coming up soon. So in this week's Inside Schmodown, uh, we had, as I said at the top, Janine the Machine. Uh, Ken talked to Janine uh, about all the stuff kind of going on with uh, with her and Jay and, and, and the things that have kind of gone on in her career. Um, she confronts Ken for the way that he treated Jay on his, on his episode of Inside Schmodown. Uh, you know, with Ken being part of corruption, you know, sometimes that rubs people the wrong way, you know, and, and corruption kind of stole Stacey Howard from the Viper Squad. So I get it. You know, and uh, and Jay kind of got up and walked out. So uh, she she confronted him on that front. Uh, I, r- I really love her kind of like snarky attitude toward corruption. Uh, she really plays it well. Um, I, I I I mean, she's got some beef with Kalinowski. Uh, you know, he's the one that's that uh, broke up her favorite team, uh, the Misfits, back in the day. So you know, I understand she's got some beef with corruption. Absolutely. Uh, and I also love that she she's always got Jay's back. You know, she no matter what happens, you know, no matter you know if she wins or loses, if Jay wins or loses a match, it doesn't matter. They have each other's back, and and I respect that, and I, I love that about the two of them. Uh, they talk a bit about how, like I said, how Stacy bailed out on the Viper Squad. Uh, kind of kind of get into that. Um, she she gives her thoughts, and I, I gotta say, I, it was kind of a short episode. I think it was like less than nine minutes total. Um, I really wish that they had dove more into uh, her career 
in the movie trivia schmodown. Uh, it was something that, like I said, I've seen some of these inside schmodowns go on for closer to 15 minutes, you know, and I think they could have really dove into some stuff, but uh, they kind of just they kind of got they kind of got into a bit more of the kayfabe of the schmodown of the game, but uh, you know. I love the show. I love Ken. I love Janine. So either way, it was still an entertaining watch. And if you haven't checked it out, you should definitely do that. So we'll get into match number one, which was the Paddington 2. Alonzo Duralde and Matt Achty versus the Time Machine. Ethan Irwin and Janine the Machine. Uh, we had our opening scene, which was uh, William Bibiani in the back playing with, uh, with a Hellraiser puzzle box. Then Whitney comes in and confronts Bibbs about uh, the kid, about Brendan Meyer. Uh, he says that, you know, his focus is kind of scattered. Whitney says that uh, they are done, that critically acclaimed is no more. Bibbs proclaims, well, where am I going to find a new partner? And then the kid walks in and says, hello. Obvi you know, so obviously they're setting up uh, a future teaming up between Bibbs and the kid. Um, and as we'll see in a later uh, scene, I, I have a feeling that Bibbs and the kid uh, will face off against Whitney uh, and his teammate, uh, whoever it happens to be, as we'll see later. Uh, back on the desk, we have Danielle Radford. I love seeing her on, on the desk. She she has such a great energy about, about her, and she really knows how to uh, liven things up and keep the crowd going. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just I really enjoy every time she, she's on, uh, on the desk. Uh, so the Time Machine, uh, this is their first match together. They were supposed to team up during Anarchy, uh, but their schedules didn't allow it. You know, life gets busy, and sometimes you just can't uh, work things out. But they finally got together as a team, and uh, I'm excited to see, you know, where they go. Uh, from here uh, and, and I love how Ethan is really getting in uh, to Jay's kind of uh, kind of trying to doing things is he did the uh, the nothing and deal with it part of Jay's uh, kind of little speech that he does there and I thought that was really uh, really awesome uh, he you know he used to really just kind of be reserved and not get into it as much but ever since he's been managed by Jay Washington he's really opened up it's really you know it's really opened up that side of him for the schmodown and i th honestly i think that's that's just a benefit overall you know what i mean it's a win-win you know you still got this this just like beast of a player in, in ethan Irwin, and i mean that mixed with the you know being able to really play the game part of it not just the trivia but the actual game of it uh i think you know, I, I think that'll really benefit him in the long run. So out first, we got the Time Machine with Jay Washington. Introducing first, in my making their team debut, accompanied to the ring by their manager, the Urban Gladiator, Jay Washington. This is Jenny. The Machine, and the former movie trivia showdown champion of the world, Ethan Victor Irwin. This is Time Machine. 
And then came out the Paddington 2. And their opponents with a record of one win and one defeat. This is Alonzo You know, I gotta say, just seeing them in those sweaters really makes me feel warm. Not, like, not like warm and fuzzy on the inside, but like warm as in it's making me sweat looking at them wear those sweaters. <laughs> so we're gonna get into round one. Uh, just a, a side note, uh, I noticed something. I don't know if this has been, if this was just happened here or if it's something that's been happening, but I noticed that each competitor had a red solo cup in front of them. It seemed a little odd. I don't know how long they've been doing this, if I just haven't been paying attention or if this is something new, uh, if I just, I'm now noticing it or what, but uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's so that the competitors have, you know, like water at the at the table. I, I assume, I, I'm not 100% sure, but that, that that's what it was there, so. <laughs> So in round one, um, I gotta say, no one really had a standout round here. Uh, it, you know, it stayed pretty even all the way through. I mean, and the, the round ends ten to ten. Um, both Ethan and Alonzo hit get six out of their eight total points. So I mean, you know, it's pretty good. You know, it's not it's not too bad. Um, and then Matt and Janine both get four out of eight. So I mean. They had a bit of a, a, a bit of a rough round. Uh, they, you know, kind of pick, picked it up. Janine had a real rough start, getting her first three uh, questions wrong, but she picked it up in the end to you know get as many points as she could really. Uh, after that, um, but yeah, I, I was just shocked. Like Janine had a rough start, and Matt had a rough end. He answered, you know, he he got his last three questions. Like how I said, Janine got her first three questions wrong. Matt got his last three questions wrong. So. It, it, it was rough for the two of them. Um, but, you know, it happens, unfortunately. Even to the best players, that kind of thing happens. Uh, but it didn't It didn't really, at this stage in the game, cost them much because it did come down to being tied. Uh, yeah, if, if, you know, if Atchity had been able to get some more points and hadn't had that, that uh, kind of misfire at the end there, maybe things would be a little different. Uh, in this match, but you know it is what it is when it comes down to it. Uh, we get into round two. Uh, Peddington two spins Martin Scorsese. They respin and land on Disney films, which happen to be a Patreon slice. Uh, they go through and hit all six of their questions for nine out of the possible twelve points. They went multiple choice on their last three. Um, what I what I thought was kind of interesting. There was a question. It was uh, what was Go the Goofy's son's name, and, and I think it was in a Goofy movie or in one of those uh, one of those Goofy films. Um, and they had to go to multiple choice on this. Like I'm sitting, like they say, it, and I'm sitting there. It's like Max, boom, knew it right right away. And I haven't watched that movie in over a decade. I, I can guarantee that. I, it's been over a decade since I've seen that movie, but I knew it right away. So I was just shocked that uh, neither of them knew it right, you know, right away that they had to go to multiple choice. So this part of the round ends 19 to 10. Uh, they had to use two repeats during this round, so th that's never a good sign. 
when 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 you when you use two of your JTE rules in round two, that's never that's never a good sign. Uh, then the time machine goes up, spins horror, then they respin and land on Tom Hanks. This was the other Patreon slice. I don't know if this has ever happened before. You'd have to probably talk to Frankie Numbers, who uh, Mr. Frank Janish, who on a side note has an, um, an excellent uh, article up on TriviaSD.com. Go check that out. Uh, but yeah, the, getting both Patreon slices uh, spun and landed on kept uh, during round two. I don't. I honestly don't know if that's happened before, but uh, I thought it was pretty awesome myself. So. So we get into it, and Time Machine, just like Paddington 2, answers all six of their questions for nine out of 12 points. They went to multiple choice three times, and of course that means that they are once again tied 19 to 19. Uh, this is a damn good match, I have to say. I, I was impressed. Just the kind of it's it was a bit of a nail biter. They're just going back and forth, back and forth. Both these teams are are definitely impressive. We're we're seeing some great stuff from them. Um, no chances for steals. No one gave any of any points away in that aspect. So uh, I mean, like I said, the first and second round tied both rounds. So it really just comes down to the final round, and we get into that final round, and everybody just kills it here you get all the questions just boom answered uh janine hits her two uh i didn't even she didn't even need to hear the whole question for this one she just boom answers it right off alonzo hits the his their two then uh ethan gets the three matt gets the three speaking of uh of matt's three-pointer i got it i did not realize that the little mermaid was in 1998 and i was like whoa 98 I thought that thing was like in the mid, the the early two thousands. Like I was, I was shocked. Uh, and then both teams hit their five once again, tying. So every single round tied game. These are two perfectly evenly matched teams, tying it up twenty nine to twenty nine. And now we get into some sudden death overtime. First question, everybody gets it right. Then we get into question number two of the sudden death. And one person manages to get it incorrect, and that is Matt Atchity. So and what happened here was Janine answered the question correct. She got that Doug Ray, that Doug Ray Scott uh, answer. Then it goes over to Matt. Matt's unable to get it. So it's like, okay, now it's on to Ethan. If Ethan can get this, then they win. And of course, Ethan gets this answer, and Alonzo still has to go. But I'm sitting there like, "Holy shit! They just won this match. Doesn't matter what Alonzo does. He can get it right. He can get it wrong. He can stand on top of the table and scream about his Christmas book. It don't matter. Time Machine just won this match. And yeah, Alonzo did get it. But as I said, it didn't matter. 32 to 33. Time Machine." wins in sudden death this was a nail biter of a match i man i i was if, if round one had been point wise a little bit better 
this could probably be a uh, like a, a best match of the year type of contender. Really, if if we were talking like sevens and eights instead of sixes and fours in round one, this probably would be best match contender. Uh, uh, you know, right there. But uh, no matter what, this was a fantastic match, and I was so thrilled to see the time machine uh, take home this win. Uh, both Ethan and Janine will be in both the singles and team tournaments. So we'll be able to see uh, both the time machine again and the both of them squaring off. Maybe we'll get, end up seeing them face each other. You never know. Um, and then when we got to the Paddington 2's uh, exit interview, Matt actually was gone. I don't know why he had to leave so fast after uh, the, the match. Um, he couldn't stay for the post interviews, but you know, Alonzo was there and he, he's always a classy dude and, uh, Paddington too will also be in the team's tournament. So we'll definitely be able to see them again as well. Uh, then we got an ending scene and it was Kaiser in the back trying to recruit Brand, uh, Brandon, uh, Hannah, uh, ha Brandon Hannah. We recently saw win a, uh, inner geekdom five way match. Hannah, he said he was not interested. Kaiser then goes up and says that he doesn't want him to join anyways and kind of shoves him out of the room. I thought it was interesting that they would even approach someone like Brandon Hannah because he's Smets' competition. You know, he he is intergeekdom. Smets is intergeekdom. I, I, I think what you want is you want a solid singles player. Yeah, you got Paul. And Paul, I mean, Paul's on his way to a possible title. Um, but if that doesn't work out for him, then, you know, the, the dungeon may want to look into a, a more solid singles player and have Paul focus more uh, on teams with Eric Zipper. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. Or maybe even look into someone for the Star Wars League, you know, we don't get to see many, uh, you know, most factions don't have any, actually, I don't think any factions have anybody with Star, with anybody from the Star Wars Leagues in it, so, I mean, we did, at one time, had the Fife Club with Sam Witwer, but ever since then, there hasn't been anybody else, so, uh, I think that would be a better, uh, way to go, but I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Then we are on to match number two, which is Janine the Machine versus Mike Kalinowski. Our uh, opening scene, we see Janine and Mike talking in the back, kind of going back and forth with each other. Uh, Mike says that she's been building up for, to this for two years, but for him, it's just another Saturday. And uh, yeah, you know, this is something that she's been working toward uh, ever since, you know, she was a fan and, and she was watching Mike Kalinowski, you know, break up her favorite team. Uh, so, you know, I, I get it. It's something that she's really been working toward. Um, I actually got the chance to talk to Janine the Machine. Uh, you'll get a, a little taste of that at the end of this episode. Uh, and I will post the full interview on the podcast network as well as on the YouTube channel so you can check that out there at the uh, Merc with a Movie Blog podcast uh, network and YouTube channel. But, uh, yeah, getting into match number two, uh, we got Christian Harloff on the desk with Dan Merle. The champ is here. The singles champ, Dan Merle, 
I gotta say, that was pretty awesome to see him on, on the desk with Christian. Uh, Mike hasn't played a singles match since he faced Clark almost a year ago, apparently. So, uh, this w- was interesting. He's been, you know, obviously doing other things. Doing inner geekdom doing uh, teams matches. So, you know, I, I, I would hope that for his sake, you know, that means that he continues to train in a way that's beneficial for the singles league. Uh, But, yeah, it's been a while for him in this league. So, out first is Janine with Jay and Ethan. Introducing first. Representing the time machine. Led to the ring by her manager, the Urban Gladiator, Jay Washington, and Ethan Big Time Irwin. She is three and three, Janine the Machine. And then out comes Mike Kalinowski with most of corruption. He's got most of his team out there. And her opponent. Representing Corruption, led to the ring by his managers, Grace Hancock and Ken Knapsack, with a record of four wins, four losses, and three knockouts. He is the former Intergeekdom champion of the world, Mike the Killer Kalinowski. And as we all get settled in, uh, Janine asks for a new eraser, and Jay brought out a loaf of Wonder Bread, uh, which I thought was pretty damn funny. Something that uh, that that's what something that Janine has been. She kind of took inspiration from Brienne, who you know really was the one who got on the uh, the Mike the Mike Kalinowski is boring, is vanilla pudding, is is all that kind of stuff train way back in the day. Uh, and she's gotten onto this train about calling him Wonder Bread, calling him Vanilla Ice Cream. Um, and Jay, like I said, Jay pulled out a loaf of bread and pulled out a slice of, per question for round one. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, so they made some jokes about, um, you know, there's some, there's starving people out there and you're using the bread. I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was funny. I actually don't know if she used the bread or not. I don't remember seeing her use the bread. I doubt she did, but I thought it was funny nonetheless. So we get into round one, and it actually is a really close match. Um, at one point, I think it was question number five, Mike tried to use uh, a JTE rule here, but uh, it was clearly too late. As you hear Christian say, pens down, before Mike asks for the repeat. Unlike what happened with Andrew Guy at the Houston show, uh, if you want to hear more about my thoughts on that, you can go back and uh, listen to that episode uh, from the Houston show. But Christian knows that uh, I was not happy with that. I even got uh, got through on uh, Collider Live. And uh, he brought that up when I was uh, talking to him on Collider Live. I thought that was pretty funny. And uh, told, I told him, yeah, I still disagree with that, uh, with that decision. And I do. I absolutely think that that was a bogus call no matter what. But uh, we don't, we're not here to talk about the Houston show. We're here to talk about Mike Kalinowski. And, uh, uh, yeah, he should have he should have been paying more attention and uh, gotten that uh, repeat out before the he said, 
uh, pens down. When it came to Guy, they pretty much said it at the same time, and I think it still should have counted. But it did not, apparently, according to the chairman. Whatever. But, uh, yeah, for Mike, not, you know, didn't work out as well for him. So, round one, like I said, was really close, ended 6-7 to seven in favor of Janine. Janine rocked this round, only missing one, which happened to be a question that Mike also missed. missed. So, uh, you know, don't feel bad about that one. Um, it was actually the question where the, the, the where Mike tried to use the JTE rule. It was that question. Neither of them, neither of them were managed to get it. Um, but yeah, Janine coming out on top of this round, I was really impressed with what she what she what she did here. Uh, it really showed that, you know, yeah, she's had you know a few rough rough matches here and there, but she's got what it takes. She really does. Um, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but she does have the talent, and I'm excited to see uh, what she does in the future. Uh, round number two, we got Janine deferring and Mike going up and landing on, of course, Spinner's Choice. You know, it's just his luck, right? And he takes James Bond. And surprisingly, he does not sweep this round. Um, I guess I guess you, I could say technically he did. Because technically, he knew the who the person was for, the, for question number three. Uh, he says Alan Cummings. With an S at the end, and the actual answer was Alan Cumming with no S. Unfortunately, Janine apparently did not realize this error and was unable to steal the points, uh, ending this portion of round two, 12 to seven in favor of Mike Kalinowski. Then Janine goes up and spins 80s movies, decides that's not what she wants, and respins, and unfortunately for her, lands on opponent's choice. Uh, Mike decides to give her Tom Cruise movies. She has a bit of a rough round here. She only manages to get two out of her possible uh, eight points. She had to go to multiple choice on two questions. Um, Mike managed to get three points via steals. The question number two was a huge steal for Mike. He got a two-pointer. Two um, she Janine should have gone multiple choice here. She was, it was clear she was not sure of the answer uh and and it just it allowed mike to get an extra point in there unfortunately um so instead of being able to to kind of make some ground here she was you know at the end of mike's round uh, part of round two she was down by five points and instead of being able to kind of make up some of that ground she ended up losing ground here and uh, uh round two ends 15 to 9 so janine's down by six points here um, I guess it was. I guess it was uh, a, a good choice, given her Tom Cruise. You know, uh, as, when I talked to her, uh, which you'll hear in the interview. You know, she says you know she kind of was second guessing herself a bit. Uh, I think she said that during the exit interviews as well. Um, that she was kind of second guessing herself during the Tom Cruise round. So, unfortunately, Tom Cruise was not her friend today. Then we get into round three. Uh, and Janine gets her two-pointer, but that's where it ends. Uh, her three-pointer, again, was Tom Cruise. Uh, she was unable to answer that one. And uh, then with round, her, her five-pointer, you know, she, she did her best. She went through all her JTE rules. She really tried to pull the answer out. 
and uh, was unable to do it. Though she did end the game with a pretty funny note, uh, answering uh, white bread instead of uh, of the actual answer, which ended up being I think a cellar door. Uh, it's about from from Donnie Darko. Uh, but yeah, you know, if if you can't come up with the answer, hey, at least at least she made the the audience laugh with that one. Uh, the game ended 15 to 11 in favor of Mike. Mike Kalinowski wins via a TKO here. You know, like I said, it was kind of a rough game, but you know, she still showed that she can play this game. Yeah, she had some pretty bad luck on that Tom Cruise round, and uh, round three did not go her way, which I've seen happen to a lot of the greatest players. You know, I have seen some amazing players completely crapped the bed uh I, I i believe i remember christian harloff one of the one of the founders of this game one of the best players that there was get a single digit round or game uh, at one point so you know it happens unfortunately it does happen uh you know janine fought a hard match she really did she just caught a tough break in round two and uh and could not recover from that and i think it probably shook her a bit uh, going into round three. Um, Mike and Chance were in the back during their interview eating some ice cream, uh, putting some chocolate sauce on it. Not 100% sure what the chocolate sauce was supposed to mean, but, uh, you know, hey, whatever. Uh, Ken was eating some white bread, which I thought was funny. Then Bateman comes out, and they have uh, uh, Bateman and uh, Mike have a bit of a back and forth because he's going to be facing off against him coming soon. Uh, Yeah, so... You know, it, corruption corruption wins again, unfortunately. You know, uh, I love Mike, but uh, there are some other people in his faction that I'm not as keen on. Uh, but, you know, in general, you know, they, they, they won the match. They, they deserve they deserve the win. Okay, congrats to corruption. Um, obvious. Okay, so I noticed something during Janine's interview. Th- this must have been filmed before the corruption interview because Jay was referencing stuff from that interview. He was referencing the ice cream, the white bread, uh, Ben Bateman coming in. And we hadn't seen any of it yet because they had their interview was shown first, but I'm pretty sure it was filmed second. You know, so I, I, I don't know what happened there. I don't know why they decided to switch them like that, um, especially with Jay kind of referencing all that stuff. I feel like it would have made more sense to have it go last, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Dan, at one point, uh, at the end there, he says the phrase, faction wars. And I got to say, this would be a sweet title for an event. You could do something really cool with it. Maybe a, that could be their Survivor Series style. You get a couple. You get two big factions. You got uh, so you got the fight. You got the Horsemen, and you got the five of them. You've got uh, the you know either the family. Uh, you could probably get no, probably not. I'd say probably Corruption, honestly, because they got the biggest one going on there. Um, and you could kind of have a gauntlet style match where it's one-on-one uh do a certain number maybe like 10 questions whoever has 
the the least amount of, you know the least amount of points is eliminated then the next person from that team comes in another 10 questions until only one team remains I think that would actually be kind of awesome and then you know you could have another maybe like just like tag you know a tag match between a couple of the other factions uh, maybe some singles matches between some faction people I really think maybe another like managers uh, type of bowl thing or something like that. I really think that would be an amazing uh, match. Then you'd have your big four. You'd have uh, Spectacular as your WrestleMania. You have the Free For All as uh, your like Royal Rumble. You, you'd have the, the Collision as your SummerSlam. And then we could have like this Faction Wars as our Survivor Series. You know, as the big four for the year. And I, I think that'd be pretty awesome. So let me know uh, in the comments. Hop on over to Twitter at um, MovieBlogMerk. Let me know, what do you guys think uh, of this Faction Wars thing? Do you think that would be uh, an interesting idea, do it Survivor Series style? If you guys don't know what Survivor Series is, uh, check out WWE Survivor Series. Just Google it. Uh, you'll get kind of an idea of, uh, of what it is. Um, and, and pretty much is what I described there is the gauntlet style. Um, then we got an ending scene. Whitney in the back. Uh, Bibbs approaches, tries to talk to him. He, he's pretty much ignored by Whitney. Bibbs is sad. He misses him. You know, He gives him a copy of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out on what looks like a, a Nintendo cartridge. Um, Whitney reveals that he has a new partner. And it's Mark Hoyk. We've seen him before. He uh, teamed up with Critically Acclaimed once before. And now he is the new partner of Whitney Seibold. Bibbs is hurt by this. He's, you know, in a very Bibbs way, he says, Ow, my feelings. Uh, and and fu funny thing about that, my four-year-old, after hearing that, that's all she just kept saying it over and over. She's like, she just would randomly come up to me over the next couple of days and be like, Ow, my feelings. It was the funniest thing ever. I even tweeted it out to Bibbs. And, uh, and and he thought that was pretty funny. So uh, yeah, I, I I really I really I th I thought that was that was a great line. And Bibbs can deliver it in only the way that Bibbs can really. Um, but yeah, as I said before, I think this is all leading up to a uh, Bibbs and the Kid versus Whitney and Mark Hoyk match. I really do. I think that's what's going to wind up happening. We're going to see these two former teammates square off against one another uh, in the ring. So That wraps up the, this week in the Schmodown. Uh, on next week's episode of Talkin' Schmodown, we have uh, the Loose Cannons, uh, Paul Oyama and Eric Zipper versus the Looney Bin, Video Drew and her partner Tom. Uh, that's all we know. It's Tom. Tom something. I, I, I don't know. Uh, as well as a singles match between Eric Zipper and Haley Fouch. So uh, I am pretty excited for that. And it and it looks like there uh, was not an episode of Inside Schmodown this week. So uh, unfortunately, we will not have that to talk about. Um, also, look out. I'm going to be doing... Um, I'm going to now officially start doing the exhibition matches. I'm going to uh, you know record an episode just like I record the here. And then I will submit it to... Uh, Emma at the Patreon so that it can be put up on uh, Patreon for all the patrons to see uh, or to listen to since uh, that ma those matches are Patreon exclusive matches. Um, this uh, The one that is now available to all patrons is the Disney and Pixar 
exhibition match, which uh, I, I gotta say I am really excited to uh, check out that match. If you're not a patron, head on over to patreon.com and sign up for the movie trivia schmodown. Uh, we also have some great upcoming matches. We have, of course, the San Diego Comic-Con live show. Two great Intergeekdom matches. Uh, obviously, Mike Kalinowski versus uh, Rachel Cushing for the Intergeekdom title. But we also now officially have the undercard of Kevin Smets versus Adam Lovick. I think it's going to be a great time. Two Intergeekdom matches at the biggest geek uh, event of the year. It's going to be fantastic. Um, also, this Monday uh, on the 15th starts the reign of Robert, Bur uh, Robert Meyer Burnett and the family. So I'm sure we will have some interesting things going on uh, there. Uh, I, I don't know what uh, how things are going to be affected by this rain, but I will definitely keep you guys informed on the month of the family. Uh, also, we have upcoming is uh, that tag team number one contenders match that I talked about at the beginning, the uh, long-awaited rematch between Corruption and the Founding Fathers, as well as Dan Merle versus Paulo Yama for the singles championship. Those will be coming up soon in the, uh, in the movie trivia showdown, so make sure to keep an eye out for all of that awesome action. And join me again next week for another episode of Talking Schmodown. Uh, you can reach me on social media. I am on Facebook and YouTube at Merc with a Movie Blog, and on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. You can do the hashtag Talking Schmodown. That's T A L K I N Schmodown. No G in that. Just Talking Schmodown. Uh, and if you guys have any questions or comments or anything, I'm always open uh, for that. So make sure to hit me up there. I, once again, am Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am thrilled to have you with me for this journey. So please come back next week where we will be talking schmodown. Um, so I had been doing a lot of fan art for Screen Junkies, and then once I started becoming a fan of the Schmodown, I started doing fan art for them. Uh, you know, some of my favorite teams were the Misfits and uh, Top Ten and uh, Team Trek, and so I started kind of just doing fun little fan art designs for them and posting them in the Facebook group. And Christian saw them, and then he contacted me, told me he wanted to use some of them in their tea shop. And uh, so that was really a big deal for me. Uh, and then it wasn't really until I met uh, most of them at uh, L.A. Comic-Con a couple years ago. And I kind of said hi. And some of them knew who I were. But like Roca, Christian, they didn't know who I was. And I took pictures. And then I posted them on my Twitter. Like, hey, um, I can't believe I went from making fan art of these people to actually meeting them. This was so cool. And then I kind of got scolded by Roca and Christian. Like, that was you? How come you didn't say that was you? Like, I loved your designs. Okay. And you didn't say anything. You can check out uh, the full audio uh, on the podcast network and on YouTube as well.